Today on Let the Bible Speak. Why do so many people have so many different views of what the Bible teaches? We will look at some proposed reasons together next on Let the Bible Speak. And welcome to Let the Bible Speak. I'm so very blessed to be with you today and to be given a few moments of your precious time to talk with you about the Word of God. Speaking of the Word of God, why do we have such a hard time agreeing about what it says? It seems like there's no end to the explanations that people put forth about even some of the plainest passages. Is the Bible even meant to be understood? And if so, can we ever understand it alike? Should we simply accept the fact the people are very much divided over what the Bible teaches and leave it at that. Or does God want us all to have the same understanding of what is written in His Word? Well, read with me from 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning in the 19th verse. Here the Apostle Peter writes, And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed, as a light that shines in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. Well, we're going to look at what Peter is telling us in this passage and how it relates to the common notion that folks have that there are many ways to understand and interpret the Scriptures. So stay with us for today's study. Why do we not see the Bible alike?
The religious world is filled with numerous churches and organizations that claim to follow the Bible, even though the Bible is being increasingly dismissed by some who claim to believe in and worship God. The majority of the religious world claims to follow at least some part of the Bible. If that's the case, however, why are there so many conflicting bodies? Why do we have denominations and warring sects and factions? For most of the two centuries since the scriptures were penned and the church established, apparently sincere people have disagreed over what the scriptures teach. Does God intend for this to be the case? Did hundreds of churches and denominations come from this same book? Imagine, if you will, an army commander giving orders to his troops. They listen to the orders and then immediately go out and they break up into a hundred companies and begin fighting not the enemy but each other. Well, we would certainly conclude that somewhere there was a major breakdown in communication. Well, in the same way Christ, our commander, gives us his word and we break into hundreds of warring and divided groups fighting each other instead of the enemy. Well, something is surely wrong somewhere. Surely the Lord did not deliver His Word to His people only to have His people draw all kinds of different and conflicting conclusions about what He said. So what should we conclude about all of this? Why do we not see the Bible alike? Well, let's begin by asking, whose fault is it that there is so much division over the Bible? Every time some kind of communication takes place, there are three things involved. There is first the source then there is the message itself, and then there is the receiver or the recipient of the message. If you write a letter or send an email to a friend, well, you are the source. What you write is the message, and your friend is the receiver. Now, we're communicating now through the mediums of television, radio, and internet. And in this case, I am the source of the words that you're hearing. The sermon is the message that I'm trying to send and you are the recipient as you sit and watch or listen. The same thing is true of the message of God. Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 says that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. That word inspiration means breath. In other words, all Scripture is the breath of God. It came from God's mouth, in other words. And it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect or complete, thoroughly furnished, unto every good work. So the Bible came from God through inspiration of the Holy Spirit. God is the source of the Bible message. It came to those who wrote it down by inspiration of God's Spirit. Now the Word itself, therefore, is the message that God has sent into the world. And we are on the receiving end of that message. So if there is a breakdown in communication between God and us, well, it has to lie in one of these three areas, either in God, in His Word, or in us. It's as simple as that. The problem is in one of these three areas. So which one is it? Well, first of all, is it God's fault when we fail to understand His revelation alike, and as a result we divide into different churches? Well, to begin with, we need to establish the fact that God is the source of all truth, not man, and that Christ affirmed that God's truth has been expressed through His Word. You may recall Jesus prayed in John 17, verse 17, Sanctify them, or set them apart by your word. Thy word is truth. Now, Jesus also said that truth is knowable. He said, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free, in John 8, and verse 32. Now, truth can't contradict itself and still be truth. That's axiomatic. 
That means that God's revelation has unity if God himself is true. God cannot lie, Titus chapter 1 and verse 2, and therefore God cannot say one thing that is true and then turn around and say something that contradicts it. And when the Bible is studied logically and thoroughly, those things which some allege are contradictions, they can be reconciled. So if God is the source of all truth, and what God says is always true, then misunderstanding His word cannot be the result of God saying different and conflicting things. So then could it be that uh, God's words are just so deep and so mysterious that we can never really understand them? Did God speak in riddles, in other words? The pagan gods that men have created throughout history have always been shrouded in mystery, and their supposed will has to be discerned through interpreting nature or mystical signs of some kind. This is not the case with the true and living God. God does not tantalize men by giving some cryptic message that must be decoded through some special power or only by an elite class of those with a powerful enough intellect. Now, the Bible teaches that God's Word both saves and it condemns. His Word saves those who submit to it, and it condemns those who do not obey it. Well, are we ready to suppose that God gave us a message so convoluted and uh, so mysterious that it's just as likely to destroy us as to save us? Surely not. Now, yes, there are things about God that we can never understand because He is God and we are human. He is infinite, we are finite. He is all-knowing, all-powerful, ever-present, eternal. We, on the other hand, are limited by the bounds of human understanding, which is far inferior to divine understanding. Our existence and our experience right now is confined to time and space. But since God created time and space, He is outside of it and above and beyond it. So yes, there are things about God that we cannot even begin to understand, and there are things that God has chosen not to reveal to us. Listen to Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 29 and verse 29. He said, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may know all the words of this law. In other words, while there are many things that we don't know about God because He has not revealed them, he has revealed His law and His will to us in His Word, so that we, as Moses said, may do all the words of His law. And I submit to you that God has revealed what our duty to Him is in His Word. And wouldn't it be cruel of God to give us a duty to do and then wrap it in such mystery that we cannot know it? So when we misunderstand the teachings of God's Word, my friend, the Bible it is certainly not God, the author of the Bible's fault. So then if it's not the fault of the source, God, is it then the fault of the message? Is it the Bible's fault that we don't agree on its teaching? Is the Bible written in such a way that we just cannot understand it? Well, remember that God is truth and therefore everything he says is true. So what then is the Bible? Is it not truth? Does it not claim to be truth? Now, some will point out that the Bible is really a collection of writings by various men over about 1,500 years. Yes, but all of those men were guided by the Holy Spirit as they wrote. Remember, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, said Paul in 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16. Now, in our text in 2 Peter chapter 1, Peter says back in verse 16, for we did not cunning, or we did not follow rather cunningly devised fables when we when we made known to you the power 
and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of His majesty. The apostles, for example, were not only with Christ during His time on earth, but they, like the other prophets of the Old Testament, were used by the Holy Spirit to reveal the words of God to all of the rest of us. And so he continues in verses 19 through 21, saying, And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Now this phrase, no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation, literally means no prophet of God ever spoke according to his own ideas. The prophecies of the Bible, in other words, are not a collection of various men's thoughts about the matter. Rather, Peter goes on to explain that prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. That, that, that word moved there in the original language means they were picked up and borne along like a prevailing wind might carry a ship along on the surface of the water. And this is how the Holy Spirit operated in and through the apostles to bring us the word. The Holy Spirit orchestrated and superintended the writing of all sacred scripture. All of the contents, therefore, of Holy Writ are ultimately from one source. Yes, revealed to and written through the hand of forty-some men. But they are ultimately from one source, and that is the mind of God, revealed through the Holy Spirit, who inspired men in the past to write those things down. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 13 that God has used words of His choosing to make known His mind and will to us. And thus Paul told the Ephesian church in Ephesians 3 verses 3 and 4 how that by revelation he made known to me, Paul, the mystery, as I have briefly written already, by which when you read, underscore that now, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. He then told them in chapter 5 and verse 17, Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Is. So the will of the Lord can be understood. The Bible is the revealed mind of God. The Holy Spirit gave it to the men who wrote it down, and they wrote it in a way that we can understand it and we can live according to it. And to suggest that the Bible is so complex or so ambiguous or so convoluted that we may not mutually come to an understanding of its teachings as they apply to our lives is simply false. And when you get right down to it, whether we intend it to be or not, it's blasphemy against the Word of God to suggest such. Again, it would be very cruel for God to give us a book to guide us, but make that book so that people cannot know what it means. So the problem is not with God, the source. The problem is not with God's message, the Bible. That only leaves one other culprit and that is the recipient. Surely we are to blame for the division that exists in religion today. The fact is men and women misinterpret the scriptures. We sometimes hear folks say, well, you know, we just understand the Bible differently. Truth be told, that's a misnomer. The truth is it is impossible to understand the Bible differently. It may be that all of us fail to understand it, but we cannot all be understanding it and yet arrive at different conclusions about its meaning. 
Let's say a math teacher is teaching a class and she has her students work out the problem five times five on a piece of paper. When she begins going around the room asking for the correct answer, one student says, the answer is 25. But the next student says, no, that's not what I came up with. I came up with zero. And another student says, no, the answer must be 10. Now, did they all understand the problem? Suppose the second student who said the answer is zero says, but you see, teacher, that's not my understanding. I took the number five and subtracted five from it, and that equals zero. Would the teacher allow for that student's understanding? Perhaps some other teacher before him taught him addition and subtraction, but didn't teach him multiplication. Should the teacher just say, well, that's your experience. That's the background from which you come, and if that's what you decided when you saw the problem, then who am I to correct it? Or it's not worth correcting. Well, of course not. She wouldn't do her job if that's how she approached that situation. She wouldn't say, well, that's just your understanding. She would say, you misunderstood the problem or the question. The same is true with the third student who apparently added 5 plus 5 instead of multiplying. Both of these students did not have their own understanding of math. They misunderstood the teacher's requirement. Our country has a constitution and laws that are to be passed in compliance with that constitution. Now, while we sometimes get into complex situations and we have to carefully consider the background and the context in which the framers wrote the constitution to determine the meaning of those words, the fact is the framers had a meaning when they wrote those words, and we today are constrained to live within the boundaries of that constitution, what they wrote. Now, what if I break the law and I appeal to the judge saying, well, I have my own understanding of the Constitution and how that law should be applied. Now, would the judge simply accept that and just dismiss the case? Well, of course not. Now, a process will begin to try to determine perhaps what the Constitution does actually say, and such a process may work its way all the way up to the Supreme Court. But that process will be carried out. The matter will not just simply be dismissed because the defendant supposedly has a different interpretation or a different understanding of the Constitution. You know, the Republic would fall apart if we treated the law that way. And so it is with the kingdom of heaven. Now, some matters may take more diligent study than other matters, but God's Word has meaning. And God's Word has original meaning. And we must strive to understand that meaning and not simply dismiss the differences that divide the religious world under the guise that we all have our own understanding. Truth be told, we have so much division over the Bible today for many reasons which all reflect upon us and not upon God and not upon His Word. You know, many don't learn to study the Bible. And if you don't learn to establish what the Bible is, when, where, how, and why it was written... If you don't work to understand the framework and arrangement of the Bible, and you can come to understand those things, those things are attainable. But if we don't put the effort in to understand those things and apply basic logical principles of interpreting human language, we'll be very likely to misunderstand and consequently misuse the Bible. Many approach the Bible with prejudice to the point that they use the Bible to justify their practice or belief as opposed to allowing the Bible to establish their practice and belief. Many have a vested interest in error. They agree with the Bible in as far as it agrees with their creed instead of the other way around. You see, prejudice blinded the Jews of the first century to the claims of Christ. 
The Old Testament scriptures were replete with hundreds of prophecies, types, and symbols that all pointed to Jesus Christ of the first century. He came and fulfilled all of them. But they had formed a conception in their mind of what the Messiah would be like that had evolved over time and was based on their own tradition and on the geopolitical situation they found themselves in at the time when Jesus was born. And when Jesus did not come matching their presupposed picture of what the Messiah would be, well, they rejected him and they crucified him. Perhaps you have an image of Christ. Or perhaps you have an image of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and of what it means to be a Christian that has been formed by tradition or family or culture or emotional preference and not from God's Word. This is what leads us to misunderstand the teachings of our Savior. The Word of God, you see, can bring unity to those who will be pure in heart and who will accept the Scriptures as God's one and all-sufficient revelation and to believe and follow it and nothing more, nothing less. And may God give each and every one of us today the wisdom and the courage to do just that.
Subscribe to our YouTube channel to see all of our past broadcasts, plus extra videos including Let the Bible Speak classics all the way back to the 1960s. And get new updates, go to YouTube and search for Let the Bible Speak TV and click on subscribe. The psalmist said in Psalm 119, 130, the entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. The key to understanding the Bible is first opening our heart to whatever it has to say to us. Only when we come to the Word of God with that humble attitude will we begin to understand and then live by its precepts. And with that open heart, we can begin to apply the proper principles of Bible study and learn its great truths which God does intend for us to know and understand and to transform our lives. And not only that, to unify His people. Unity is possible in the religious world today, but you cannot wait for everyone else to strive for it. It must begin with you, and it must begin with me, laying aside our own ideas and prejudices and our own wants and wishes, and taking the Bible alone as our sole authority in faith and practice. And we would love for you to strike hands and hearts with us in our desire to simply be Christians, nothing more and nothing less. And we do that by following the Bible, nothing more and nothing less. If you'd like a free transcript of the sermon today, get in touch with us right now and request the sermon, Why Do We Not See the Bible Alike? And it will be on its way very soon. Thanks for joining me today. The Churches of Christ greet you, Romans 16, verse 16, and I hope you'll make plans to join me here again, if the Lord wills, next time for Let the Bible Speak. Have a great week, and may the Lord bless and keep you. Let the Bible Speak is brought to you by The Church of Christ. For more information, including our past broadcasts and sermon transcripts, visit ltbstv.org. Thanks for being with us today. Join us next time for Let the Bible Speak.